Movie Sucktastic is a podcast about bad movies and the people that love them. But it's more than just a podcast. It's an, also an online presence. If you want to know more about Movie Sucktastic or want to become a part of Movie Sucktastic, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter, at Movie Sucktastic. You can find our blog at boothreviews.blogspot.com. Or if you want to give your own reviews that we might use on the show, you can go to reviews.moviesucktastic.com and check out our, our own little lunch.com community for Movie Sucktastic. Check us out and become a part of the show because the only thing more fun than a bad movie is sharing it. There was more to Peyton Nichols than what met the eye. Smile! And on that day when Barney got the power, it was Peyton who knew exactly what to do with it. I can make things fly around. I can move things. He guided Barney. I got it all figured out. You do your thing. We'll make a fortune. And he advised him in the fine art of dealing with parents. In the mysterious ways of women. Wow. And in the unpredictable laws of chance. You're a winner. Together, they used the power and took the world for a ride. (laughs) And found their way into the hearts of every woman. I don't want you to do anything you don't want to. You don't? No. I have way too much respect for you, Jane. You do? But Peyton never warned Barney about one thing. Falling in love. Get off this summer with Zapped. Starring Scott Baio, Willie Ames, Albert Einstein, Scatman Crothers, his over-persuasive wife. You ugly spasm. An outrageous pair. An incredible pair. One spaced-out Vulcan, one spaced-out dummy, a team of professional exorcists, and a half-naked cast of thousands. (laughs) All come together in Zapped, a movie that's out of this world and out of its mind. You're listening to Movie Sucktastic. It's me, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> a little Charles in charge for everyone, yeah. 
little Nicole Eggert. Oh man, oh. she was so naked in that movie, blown away with uh, Corey Fel the the two Corys, Corey Haim, Corey Feldman. Blown away. Uh, it was called Blown Away. I thought the one with the you mean the you mean Dream a Little Dream. No, 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 no. The, the oh, Dream a Little okay. Dream was Corey Feldman and Corey Haim, but right that was the one where uh, they swapped bodies. It was a body swap movie. Correct. Who, who the, uh, was it? Was it Jason Robards and Corey Feldman swap bodies? Yes. Yes. Ugh. <laughs> God. Poor Jason Robards. <laughs> 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 I mean, the the son of a bitch was. He was in Parenthood, what, the same year? It's like, what happened? It's only been a year. <laughs> you poor bastard. Once Upon a Time in the West was such a long time ago. Anyway. You know, some, I guess sometimes you just got to keep working, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I, well, no. He's, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, uh, welcome to Movie Sucktastic, episode uh, 176, where we are going to be reviewing the Scott Baio's uh, Willie Ames film, Zapped. Zapped! Uh, on a user, a user, a listener uh, recommendation. Uh, Request. Dale Rontree. Request. Request. Sure, that works too. Yeah, it works. Um, and when we got the request for it, I was like, yeah, that's not a bad idea. I think we, sh we should do Zapped. It's, it's one of those films. I remember seeing this when I was a kid. I loved this movie growing up. And... This uh, this film is on my list of child, childhood favorite films that were not meant for children. Yes. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, I mean, it is rated R, which surprised me when I, when I looked it up today. And uh, it said it was rated R. And I'm like, I don't remember this film being an R-rated film, watching it when I grew growing up. And I saw it on cable, so I didn't, you know, it, it played continuously everywhere, cable and... Oh. Uh, you know, uh, whatever Red broadcast television as well, uh, and I'm sure it was edited there where it didn't have any nudity. Which the the the, the furthest this film uh, goes, cable. the furthest this film goes, this film was shown during the day. There's Definitely a of shown during the day. Yeah, there's a there's three. There's three. Well, there's there's three, and then the end of the film is where it earns its R rating. There's a lot more books there. Yeah. Yeah, books. Stop it with that. <laughs> fucking fucking um, autocorrect. You know now, what? If I if I asked your opinion <laughs> autocorrect, I would have. I can just now, simply turn it off. I don't know why I'm complaining. Now, uh, I, 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 do, I don't remember it being edited when I saw it on cable as a kid because we were the first gener generation of children to grow up uh, in our homes with access to unlimited cable television right. uh, or cable movies and, uh, you know, 24 hours a day. And uh, so we have a, our age is a little different, but I myself, when this film came out, uh, give it a year to hit cable or so. So I was roughly 10 when I saw this film for the first time, most likely. And um, uh, it's, I, not, it's not made for a 10 year old. Yeah, no, I probably was a little younger than that. Uh, maybe no. eight, maybe eight. I think the first time I ever saw this was in 84, 83, 84 ish. Um, I believe this was shown continuously on Showtime or HBO, one of the two. I think it was HBO. Anyway, um, on cable. but it was on cable, yeah. But the thing is, this it's an R-rated film. Yes. And watching it, I'm like, when is this film going to get its R rating? There's no swearing in it. 
there's no violence. There isn't even any. There isn't even any sexual themes for a long time. Now, there's the '80s is was that '82, early '80s, and you know, moving into the mid late '80s, that was when there was a huge backlash against exploitation films. All these '70s films that had come out, you know, practically softcore pornography in some instances, and uh, so I just for the same reason that you had horror films getting X's because there was too much blood. Uh, you, you had a lot of, you know, teen comedies like this coming in the 80s where they were getting slapped with R's and uh, even when they were toning the content down enough uh, that they could, you know, try to get a lower rating. I'm guessing that it was rated R when it hit the theaters, but they purposely shot it in such a way that would be e easy enough to edit out the book shots for regular television broadcasting. We can stop referring to them as book shots. But it's it's fun. Um, <laughs> it's fun only for you. It's my little let's, angel. Let's get that out of the way. It's only fun for you. Um, so I guess yeah. that. So no, you're right because I you could see this definitely playing daytime television. You know, even on ABC Family, they could edit this and it could be on ABC Family, it, and, edited also, properly. And don't forget too, we're talking about the MPAA. So there's there's drug references, uh, continuous drug references, as well as the. Uh, right. um, sexual themes so yeah you don't need there is no cursing and again that's one of the th reasons a lot of these films uh you know mm -hmm. parents weren't too hip on monitoring television they didn't have to when in young, earlier days suddenly you had cable channels playing this shit and you know they didn't really know this oh there's that funny comedy and stuff out there they're not watching the films with you yeah. <laughs> you know but it, it's yeah, it's weird. like you said. There's no swearing. The, the 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 humor is very juvenile. So it's really something that a ten year old can latch onto, not getting the sexual themes references or not getting them a hundred percent. You know, understanding the basic concept, and just uh, it, it's it's we 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 really we were really disturbed as children by watching these films. I I do believe stuff like yeah. this. Uh, um, uh, uh, a great number of childhood films that I remember fondly watching over and over again uh, involved prostitution, drug use, uh, a combination thereof. <laughs> there was, you know, Night Shift, DC Cab, you name it. DC it's Cab, oh man. Not children's films. And, and it's not that they're aiming them for kids, but they are aiming for a younger audience. They're trying to get the PG audience in there, which is why they're probably sure. aiming for a PG in the first place with no swearing. Uh, but, you know, so... Well, I, the, problem, I don't know. the problem is, at the, at the time of this film's release, the, there was only G, PG, and R. And Correct. X. I mean, but those were the three big ones. G, right. PG, R. There was no PG-13 yet. There technically, was no, no NC-17. No the MPAA never never uh, copyrighted X. That's why adult industry started using triple X. Oh, okay. So te technically there wasn't an X. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. I mean, the MPA, yeah, they never copyrighted well, it. It wasn't an official rating. It wasn't official. Even though, like, a film like, um, oh, what's well, uh, Last Tango way. in Paris with Marlon Brando, uh, you know, I owned an old VHS box of that, and it did have an X rating right. on the back. Now, yeah, and, and what I mean is, let me put it this way. If I release a film now and I don't put it through the MPAA, I can, I can label it X. Okay. I can put an X on it and say, this is rated X. They never owned X, 
they never copyrighted it or anything. So like, if I try to rate something R, they can come down on me because they actually that's copyrighted. That's theirs. You cannot put an R on something as a rating because gotcha. they own that rating. They don't own X. They own NC-17. They never owned X. They never wanted to own X. I don't know. Yeah. You know, I don't know what the reasoning was behind that. But that's what I mean when I say X was never an official. I mean, they used it, but it's never been an official MPA rating just because uh, they never owned it. Got it. Okay. But you're, but yeah, you're right. Um, also, uh, um, drugs. Uh, now, Midnight Cowboy, first Oscar film to ever get an X rating. That's right. Best picture. You watch that now, yeah. and you're like, why, why the fuck is this X? Well, that's the one of the th well, Growing up as a kid, you know, Cinemax, late night, I'd try and watch anything uh, that I could. And uh, that comes on, and I you know, clearly see that it's rated X, or I read about that it was rated X. I mean, on Cinemax, it didn't actually have a rating. But I'm like, oh, I've heard about this, rated X. I watched it. And even as a kid, like 12, 13 years old, I'm like, what? What? I could, I'd almost be able to watch that with my parents and not be embarrassed. That's how not an, an exit really was. Um, the, and I always label films like that. It's like, could I watch this with my parents? Sure. <laughs> no, I can't watch this one with my parents. No, I, no, I, I, I would be embarrassed. Um, and you, you kind of could watch this with your parents because even the boob shots aren't that bad. You know? No, no. They, like I said, they earned that R rating at the end and just barely, too. Barely. Very barely. I wouldn't even barely. say... There was like three extra shots at the end. There was that... three leading all the way up to the ending, and then they just threw... They threw it in the... You know what I What I feel like is they 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 had the film. Well, they, they filmed it. Well, they filmed it. They tried to get that PG, couldn't do it. I said, you know what? We have all these extra shots. We're just going to leave them in. We're going to get the R anyway. We may as well just leave them in. Oh sure. That's how, that's yeah. how I feel that the way uh, the reason why that ending uh, is the way it is. Well, and again, the way the way it's shot, you can cut those like breast flashes out, and it doesn't like skip or anything. It's just you know it's a lot of oh, action yeah. cutting. So I mean that's definitely that was this is the time period too. Would you know? Well, there was uh, one that rentals. was gratuitous. It, it, it was just oh, it was one that was gratuitous. Well, just at the end where the girl it's uh, it's at the very end. And the, the, the camera just pans out, and it's her completely naked, and she turns around and is totally naked, and she's just jumping up and down and, and screaming. It's like, just but totally that, that, unnecessary. That, that was <laughs> gratuitous, but the other, uh, other instances of, uh, of nudity were all well within the confines of the plot and the storyline. Absolutely. And, and characterization. Sure. Okay. Because the other ones involved bullying and... Uh, you know, it was uh, to teach, you know, what's-her-face a lesson. All right, well, now, if there's I'm anybody... I'm grasping at straws. For, for, the, uh, for the benefit of our listeners uh, that might be under the age of 30 and have probably never seen this film because this really did not gain any kind of... This isn't Porky's. This isn't uh, Meatballs. Right. Uh, no one cares about this film. I don't care about this film. No, I don't even <laughs> so, know if I'm going to put this in my collection. So, uh, well, I'll I keep might it, leave this uh, one out. Now. I don't know if I'll. It's, it's. I don't know. We'll see, dude. I, I'll tell you right now. I grabbed the sequel while I was at it. Yeah, I saw you told me. Oh no! Why'd you do that? I don't even know if it's the same characters or if it's a whole new cast. No, the o the only returning cast member is um, uh, the 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 one teacher. What's her name? Uh, I, I. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Really, the one. 
Yeah, yeah. She's the only one that returns in the sequel. The only person. We're talking so, eight years later. Everybody so had the, gone on and to television and stuff. And wow. Um, now so for the benefit of uh, uh, Sue Ann Langdon. Yeah, she she appears. Sue Ann Langdon. <laughs> oh my now, god. Now the. And I, I think I remember her from. Um, I think she played the aunt in UHF. Uh, she did. Yeah, we're really Yankovic's yes. aunt. Yep. Yeah. And uh, he, and you know what's interesting uh, about that? The uh, she's. I don't know how old she is in here, but UHF is what, like maybe seven years later. This was eighty-two. Oh, yeah. UHF was nineteen eighty-nine. Mm. The woman that plays the mother. Of Scott Bayo, her name is uh, Muse Small. She, she was in she was in One Floor of the Cuckoo's Nest. She was Jack Nicholson's girlfriend, and uh, when she did that film, she was only like 33, 32, 33 years old. Huh? To- total bombshell in uh, One Floor of the Cuckoo's Nest, and in here, she looks really ragged. Well, now now they 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 dress her up as. The, the mother too so let's you know give her some credit I, it, it, I, 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 a lot of it might be now i could have and i'm watching it and she plays scott bayo for those for those listeners who are under 30 there was an actor who was very popular for a while called scott bayo you may have seen him on twitter a few years ago uh when he was yeah, um he was chachi on off. happy days he played yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. there's a whole generation that doesn't even know what happy days is he played the Fonz, outside of like jokes. was was he the Fonz's nephew in that show I think he was his yeah. nephew. Yeah. yeah, Joni loves Shachi. Well, that was a, sh- a show that that spun off. off. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He was he was his nephew or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, well, he so, was on Happy Days for a little while. But yes, he did get his own show called Joni loves Shachi. Right. So she's the the <laughs> Moses Mo, Moses whatever. She's playing uh, uh-huh. the mother, and she, she's like a squeaky small Mew, muse. Wom- muse. woman muse Moses. who um who uh <laughs> I'm trying to get a fucking sentence out and I keep getting sidetracked. <laughs> <laughs> you say things like Moses. <laughs> the woman who played Scott Bale's mother in the film that we just talked about. Yeah. I'm watching her and I'm like, I know her. She played the mother in Better Off Dead. Not her. <laughs> Looks exactly like her. Even cooks bad food in this film too. I it was she could have. It, it yeah. was it bothered me that it wasn't her because I could. Well, you know sworn. what's what's interesting about that is the first thing I thought of was. If I was challenging you to a film, I probably would have picked Better Off Dead because of that. Oh, as- I made the exact same association. Too good. Too good of a film. I, I can't. It, I, it, I, it is. It is. And it would be a short episode. We've talked about why we do that. But I I, I made the exact same association. It's like, here, I made this for you. <laughs> and it's like, oh, yeah, great. It's disgusting. So- so um, we we should kind of explain the plot of the movie. It's a, it's an eighties teen sure. comedy, uh, and Scott Bayo is a young nerdy uh, scientist slash high school student, uh, high, senior, and there's mm-hmm. a nerdy uh, female, a nerdy like you know journalist female sophomore uh, senior student. Uh, she's played by that's uh, Felice Shot 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 Shatter. Shatter? Shatter. Uh, yeah, her. I think her biggest Shachter? claim to fame... Maybe, might be Shatter. Yeah, so maybe. Felice. Felice, uh, her biggest claim to fame was uh, she was in the first year of uh, um, Facts of Life. Oh, she was? 
Yeah, and, she, and we most people won't remember her because she was let go after the first season, so she wasn't around for you know what everybody else remembers. Uh, she's done some other stuff too, but that's I think that's the biggest one. And and uh, and she, but she comes in a little bit later. But Scott Baio's uh, a nerdy scientist uh, kid working at the school. He's growing pot for his friend uh, Willie Ames. Right. And uh, which is during, ironic because he became a big junkie. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, Willie Ames is—it's it, interesting to see. Like, uh, we'll we'll talk about Scott Bale and Willie Ames uh, shortly, but it's interesting to see how their lives progressed beyond like the this whole era. And Charles in Charge was kind of it for them. Kind of, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's kind of yeah. it for them. After that, it was that's it done. So uh, Scott Bale's character, uh, Barney Springborough, he accidentally creates this. Uh, um, Actually, he doesn't. Scatman Carruthers does. <laughs> Grabbing <Yeah>. his whiskey. <laughs> yeah, Scatman Scat Carruthers, who in my who in my memory was always the janitor. I don't know why, but he uh, he, he's the. I coach. don't even remember him in the film, and I do. I was watching the credits. I barely remember him. I'm remember, watching the credits, and I'm like, "Holy shit! Fucking Scatman Carruthers is in here." I, as a kid, I loved Scatman Crothers. He was great in that. My wife won't let me eat salami. I'm doing a horrible Scatman Crothers. <laughs> she says it causes cancer. A man's got to have a salami. Bonnie, why don't you stop messing around with this and cure cancer so I can eat salami? <laughs> All right, I'll get right on top of that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but he messes up the stuff looking for booze, and so there you got your, your ensemble. Uh, you got your ensemble cast of characters, and there's the the uh, Thurston, not Thurston Howell, um, uh, principal. The principal. But I'm trying to the yeah. actor. He played uh, he played um, Tate uh, in Soap, the TV show Soap. He played. Oh the, right, right. Uh, uh, well, let's see what's something his name? Tate. Uh, I, oh, Robert Mandon. Robert Mandon. Yeah, he the, soap's the big thing I remember him from because I watched that TV show religiously as a child. Again, not really meant for children. And uh, no, no. I'm belaboring the point. Scott Bale makes this formula that he accidentally takes, and it causes it gives him uh, psychic power, uh, telekinetic telekinesis, powers, technically. telekinesis, telekinesis, technically. But he does do things that actually bend the fabric of space and time because the, the obviously the, the being a teenage exploitation film in the '80s, it plays a little fast and loose with the laws of physics. <laughs> uh, so, and he and they, they he has a vivid imagination too. So there are scenes where he's daydreaming about girls and stuff like that. And the, so anyway, they do he that. They do that a few times in the movie. Yeah, and you almost feel like that there was there was like you, you can see where like maybe there was more intention to do stuff, but it all got lost in the '80s teen comedy screenplay. You know, yeah, plot well, line. like the whole the whole Star Trek scene, which right. the creepiest looking Spock ever. I mean, holy shit. It's like acting, like touching children is his day job, and th making this movie was just something they he did and, on the side. I don't know if like he was the only guy they could find that kind of, kind of sort of looked like Leonard Nimoy, but <laughs> he, he has, like, he, he, his line is the punchline in that little scene. He has the punchline. I mean, or like the, the the big cell. There's a couple other punchlines. The whole scene's punchlines, but he has like the big cell, and he marble mouth fumbles all the way through it, and you got to <laughs> figure that was the best take they could get with this guy, and they still kept him for 
you know, the one line. I think they even show them in the trailer. They do. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, by because the way, they, they, they I, mention only Spock in the trailer, and they show him, and he didn't need much makeup at all, especially on those ears. Holy shit! <laughs> by the way, wow. Worst trailer ever. Yeah, one of the worst. When we did the last, it's actually episode, when on our the, last episode when we yeah. did uh, Street Trash, and it was like a long trailer, but it was a great trailer. It was a fun trailer. Yeah. This is the opposite. This is a long trailer, and it was painful, and it kept mentioning things that had no bearing on anything whatsoever. This is the type of trailer that they do parodies uh, of trailers for. I mean, that's <laughs> exactly the formula of this trailer. Whenever you watch a parody trailer, this is it. The, the trailer that they do for this, it's the, the exact same formula. After that's how bad it is. After the first 20 seconds, the narrator might as well just be saying... Trust me, it's fucking awesome. Really, go see you. No, you really like it. Please watch it. Please watch it. It's just <laughs> for the love of God, man. Movie. This movie will get you off. He actually said that, didn't he? Get yes, you he off. did. Yes. What the fuck was that? I don't know what that was, but at that point, they're like, "Well, we have the R rating. We may as well try and sell just, the sex. Just, just sell it as porn, please. Just sell it as porn. This would make a great porn remake, I think, if anybody cared." Right, <laughs> I, I think there's great opportunity there, uh, but now the, right. the this, film this ain't zapped. Yeah, right. <laughs> a porn so, parody. So Scott Bayo gets uh, get these gets these uh, telekinetic powers. Um, his his rich um, best friend. I, I, I'm trying to think of how what you how you describe him. Just like the cocky, arrogant, uh, happy-go-lucky guy, sidekick, and and the uh, the nerdy girl who is actually beautiful. But, you know, she's wearing big glasses, so you can never tell. Right. Uh, they they find out about it, and then there's the whole moral tug-of-war about using it for evil or good, blah, blah, blah. And in the midst of that, uh, breasts are revealed. And at the end, uh, more yep. breasts are revealed. And, yeah. and it's really, I, well, that's, that's really, that's really kind of it. it. But yeah. Yeah, it's, it's interesting uh, with the whole gambling thing. He gambles one time, and she like she holds it against him. Mm-hmm. One time, it's like this guy. It's like he needs to go in Gamblers Anonymous, according to her. That's how bad it was. And how how bad of a friend is he that he sits? He goes to this frat party where they have you know roulette tables and and uh, you know craps tables and everything. They got a whole gambling setup, and he sits with his friend uh, Willie Ames the entire time. Gets him a nice giant you know rack of chips, and. It's one more time he needs to do that to win, like for it all, and he refuses. What kind of a horrible friend are you that you couldn't do it one more time? You're actually, you're actually coming out against the Scott Bale character on this. Yes. Wow, yes. I don't. I, I man, I, did, did we learn nothing from this movie, jo- no. Joey? No, <laughs> nothing. All I know. Is this movie? What I'm getting at is this movie is filled with a lot of scenes like that, you know, well, where it's where it's like, just we just one more and we win and we can leave. I don't want to do this anymore. You big fucking well, baby. It's one more time. Yeah, and I think what you're seeing is that what we're watching is a very simplistic movie that's really just trying to get from low budget effect to uh, breast shot to low budget effect, and right. in doing so has to give characters motivations that don't that, that they don't have time to build and really aren't supported fully by any kind of real personality within the character. 
right. mean, uh, it, 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 now you know what too. Did you what? find that this film? I, and I don't remember this when I was a kid, uh, watching it, uh, rewatching it today. Did you find that this film was a little rapey? A little rapey. <laughs> <laughs> Especially the end, where like even a teacher is down to his shirt, like it's open, you know, grabbing at chicks. It's a little rapey. Now, there is that. There is there is at the end where when a naked woman runs by, men are like, "Ooh, they have to chase it." Like that's like a, that's more that's much more like Benny Hill mentality. It's like, it's like the dog chasing the car. If they caught him, they wouldn't do anything with him. Uh, right. But I, I'll give you that. The part that really creeped me out was when Willie Ames tricks um, uh, Jane Jane Mitchell, like right. guess the character's name, Heather Thomas, uh, takes her back to his apartment and is like uh, lying to her about his wealth and everything to try to to nail her. And I found myself becoming uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> and and I actually had to start rationalizing myself. I actually, I, I'm actually having a, a dialogue with myself while I'm watching this just shitty '80s uh, teen sex comedy. And I was like, "Well, you know, he's lying to her, yeah, but but she's obviously using him for his money. She, uh, so it, it's really not too bad that he's trying to, to you know, give and take." <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, she's a bad person, so it's okay that he's taking advantage. But that doesn't make sense. No, that's bad. That's wrong. <laughs> like. <laughs> I'm, I'm, at a, I'm at a moral crossroads here, and all I should be doing is waiting for the brush shot. What the fuck? I've been waiting. Which you yeah. don't get to see. No, no. You, uh, no, you do at the end. It takes at a the end, but in that scene, you don't see anything. It, it goes dark, and then the you picture. see a camera flash, and that's it. Show, right, at the end, he shows the picture, so you do get to at see the it end. eventually. Well, yes. And you do see her breasts because Scott Baio's character, uh, Barney, he you know rips her clothes off because she's you know being uh, an ass. But... but but, but in that particular scene, it's pretty tame. But, but also, just like at the end of um, Revenge of the Nerds, uh, that, uh, or just like that lead female in Revenge of the Nerds, she did have a body double during, uh, in those circles. That was, that was not her actual breasts. There, there is, I thought there was a shot where you could see, you know, the whole, you know, everything, you know, head down. That's the, that's the picture, so it's probably photoshopped. But they said it's, it, that that was not her body. That was not her breast. Whenever the breasts are actually invisible, it's a it's a it's a neck down she's got shot. Her, she's and got if her it's hands a, over them. And, and if it's upper upper shot, her hands are over them, or there's a bra on. So yeah, it was. Uh, hmm. uh, you know, there, now, there's another there's another scene that's a little rapey, and it's when Scott Bayo and Bernadette they go back to the lab, and he basically floats in a mattress. <laughs> well, that was and, consensual, though. Hold on, where I'm getting to the rapey part is he floats in a mattress, he levitates her on top of the mattress, then he gets on, doesn't bother levitating himself, and he's like struggling to get <laughs> to get on this mattress on this counter. But besides that, um, so they start to make out, and he starts to reach his hand under her shirt, and she's like, no. And he's like, yeah. And she's like, no. And then he uses his powers to try and lift her shirt, and she's like struggling. It's like, he brought a mattress into the room. I don't know what she thought was going to happen. Because <laughs> it seemed like it was consensual, like you said. That, that wasn't rapey. That was just like a little, uh, you know, role play, roughy stuff. That, I wouldn't worry about that. It all, uh, they were all happy at the end there. <laughs> what is this, kink.com? It, it was a I, little rapey. <laughs> I, I didn't find it anywhere as disturbing as the whole, like, slow seduction of, of, uh, of um, Jane there. Mm-hmm. Now... Uh, now she had a body double, but it's not because of her age. Because most of the people in this film are well over high school age. 
Yeah, most of them and are I, drinking age. And and I I know it's it's something that's always talked about, but I think it's especially especially important for this film uh, because the only actor or actress that's really the proper age for this film is um, Felice because she uh, was uh, I believe nineteen at the time, 19, and she actually she, was 19. she actually missed her own high school prom to film the fake high school prom for Zapped. So oh, she was actually okay. that age. Now, uh, I, and I, I, I didn't make a list, but I brought up, I checked all this ahead of time. Scott Bayo and uh, uh, Willie Ames are both uh, born in 1960s. They were, they were both 22 when this film came out. Wow. So they're both over 20 at the time. The, uh, the guy, um, Jane, uh, that's uh, Heather Thomas, the one who uh, had the body double step in, she was born in 1957. Wow. Look at that. So she, so she was like... She uh, was like what, what? 26. Yeah, 25. 20, 20, 20, 25. She was 25. She was 25. Right, 25. Uh, her her boyfriend in the film, uh, I, and I forget that guy's name, but he's he was 27. His he was name playing was Rob. A, Robert. Greg Bradford. Rob. Yeah, he, he's 27 years old, so he's playing a, like a freshman in, high, in college. So he's a little closer, but maybe not. He should have been out of college by then. Or at least out of pre-law, because that's what he was, he was taking in the film. Just yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So so uh, uh, besides uh, fucking her name, Felice. I can't say Schachter. Besides Felice Schachter, <laughs> um, everybody else is way older. Oh yeah. And it it, and it's it's like just too obvious too. I don't know. No, everyone, everyone looks like they, this. Sh- what this everyone is the of the age that this should have been a college sex comedy right instead of a high school one and i a lot of it is because i i i can't find much i mean again this is a, a small film that no one really cares about and the people that made it didn't do that much else besides the writer the director you know don't have a huge history in film they did you know they did some stuff they were around for that time period got their money and left but um I really have a feeling that when this was developed originally, it was meant to be like a full-on <clears throat> parody or, uh, or, you know, comedy based on Carrie. Yeah, well, even at the end where he swings the doors open, uh, and even though in Carrie the doors swing closed. Well, that's again, that's like, and then she, so in, the, in this film, the doors swing open and the wind comes in and blows off uh, clothing. Clothes and he's he's got basically. The, he, getting revenge on everyone that was mean to him and what, what yeah, know, so he, on and he, so forth. It happens after he gets hit on the head with a watermelon, not a bucket yeah. pa- bucket of blood. Uh, his his mother is a re- uh, becomes a religious nut and tries to have an exorcism for him in the film. So you've got all these elements from Carrie mixed in with your typical Porky's type uh, not even Porky's was ten times sexier. <clears throat> Mix it with all this other stuff and I, I just got a feeling that at one point they, like, they realized they couldn't do that. So they they just changed it. Uh, yeah, no, I I agree with that. Huh. I'm looking at I, what the uh, other stuff the director has done. It's basically all movies like this. Yeah, I mean it was just that that one Malibu time period. Beach. He did Zapped again. Ugh. Eight years later. You, you ever seen Meatballs Two? Unfortunately, I have. Yeah, th- that's zapped. Zapped again is like that, but not as good. Uh, who farted? <clears throat> the fucking alien! What a what a reach! 
that was. Oh, oh, the the oldest person to play a high school student in this film is Erwin uh, Keyes. Yeah. <laughs> who's who was thirty at the filming of this film? Wait, he's the the super nerdy guy. No, that no, that's oh, Ed. Um, oh, that's, Ed, yeah, that's Eddie Deason. Yeah, Eddie Deason. Yeah, yeah, he was. I'm talking about in, the uh, big Midnight guy. Madness and whatnot. Oh yeah. God, that's right. The big lumpy That's guy. right. When I saw him in here, I'm like, wow, shouldn't he be getting murdered <laughs> in the exterminator he, he, right now? Yeah, the last the last film we we did with him in it was uh, Guilty as Charged, and that's right. Uh, he's he's a hard one to pick. Like you know, which is only most, eight years later. <laughs> You know, most actors, they like, oh, yeah, he's from this film. And, like, you can name that and everybody knows. He's a hard one to throw that out with. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, the people might know his face, but if you threw his name out oh. there, nah, the minute, no way. Yeah, the minute, you, the minute you see him, you know who he is. But you, if you throw, you can throw out, like, five or six movies, like, I don't know what you're talking about. I, <laughs> Especially the films I would reference because... You know, I, he's in some wow. pretty obscure stuff. I like like Motorama, or um, Intolerable Intolerable Cruelty, which uh, is not really an obscure film, but it's like one of those uh, one of those films that people just don't remember, like don't talk about. It just came and went. Like most of George, like most of George Clooney's career in that middle period, like he did like all these films that everybody's like, eh, whatever, and gone. Wow, Ed Deason, he's still working. Eddie Deason, yeah, uh, he had a, he had a film out a few years ago called uh, um, "I Love Eddie Deason," I think. Oh yeah, it's a short. Yep. Yeah, I love you, Eddie Deason. Yeah, he's uh, he's 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 he, he's working more than Scott Bale was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, that's right. He was in uh, he was in Dexter's Laboratory, that cartoon mm-hmm. on uh, Nickelodeon, which I actually liked. He played sure. Man Dark. <clears throat> that that was the early uh, Cartoon Network cartoons like uh, Johnny Bravo and stuff. Those were all pretty cool. Yeah, Power Powerpuff Girls, all that stuff. Before before he, the um, before uh, Red, uh, before Ren and Stimpy started that whole SpongeBob era of just um, eh. Yeah, he's in he's he's filming Samurai Cop two right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I I wasn't kidding. <laughs> Harder working than Scott Bayo when it comes to like film. Yeah. Yang, um, Yang Insane. Oh my. I mean, and that's, I mean, it's a small cast, and uh, I'm pissed. I, the one thing that really pissed me off in the film is as I'm watching it, yeah, it's one of those films where you watch it and you're thinking, like, you know, it would be better if they did this or if this happened. And I had like three or four that went through my mind. It was like the, the secretary that's helping the principal uh, place one ads in the, um, what, what was it called? The the Bachelor Gazette? <laughs> what was the name yeah. of that? Yeah. When, when that scene. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, but when that scene comes up, and I'm like, I was like, wow, he puts an ad in the personals to meet someone. And he's like, this could be the person I've been looking for. I Or he goes, I think this is the person I'm looking for. I'm like, this is so different than what's happening right this second. <laughs> just people just going out and getting laid the same day on Tinder. <laughs> it's like, wow. Right, because people like, weren't what, going what out. A de- what a departure. Now let's be fair. People were going out and getting laid the same time, the same day in the eighties. They just weren't. They just didn't know who it was going to be when they left the house. Yeah, but it it's so much easier now. Oh no, it's ten so times so much. Easier now. E- it's ten Obviously, times easier. Yeah, well, you can have multiple. You could get laid multiple times a day. So <laughs> a year. 
that's what I've heard. Yes. Um, yeah. But so he uh, and that's the weird thing too, because he has his secretary filling these want ads out for him. Yet right. the secretary's yet the secretary's like like having an affair with with uh, Willie Ames. Willie Ames. Uh, and then, but the secretary, I was like, I couldn't help it. It's like it, sh- it should be Mary Warrenoff. Well, how come this wasn't Mary Warrenoff? Mary Warrenoff should be playing this character, and this character should be banging the, the principal. This, it just bothered <laughs> me that it wasn't Mary Warrenoff. It was the perfect role for Mary Warrenoff. Wow. Uh, and then, I, and then I was like, oh, they they should have just done a straight uh, parody of Carrie. You know, kept it closer to the actual film. Uh, then there was a part of me that wanted to see the adult version of Zapped, like a triple X porn parody, because it would probably have better plot line too. Because oh, sure. they wouldn't have to, they wouldn't have to beat around the bush about a lot of stuff. Ha ha. And uh, there's, yeah, I mean, and it, it, a lot of it really, it does have that feel of Better Off Dead. You know, there's that, there's, there's a does. lot of elements. Yeah, there's a lot of elements of Better Off Dead in there. I kept, it, it constantly made me think of uh, like meatballs. Things like that of the time, which obviously it's, it's influenced by it. Um, but well, sure. When, it, uh, when did when did the first Meatballs come out? Was that 1980 or 81? I'm pretty sure that was a 70s film. Uh, give me a second. I'm gonna look that up. I, I thought uh, the, Meatballs was like 80, like right on the cusp. I, I want to say 79 or 78. I'm probably wrong though. You're better with numbers than I am. No, you could be right. I'm I'm foggy on it. I know Meatballs two was like 84. Ah, 79. Was it 79? All right, it was right on the cusp. Yeah. Now, Porky's, which is the quintessential, uh, you know, teen comedy, that came out in 82. And you, you I mean, you had you had stuff like this beforehand, too. But I, I think with the, when the 80s hit and you, the MPA was cracking down on stuff, too, you really had uh, two, two pads that these filmmakers would go. They would either try to just make something tame that had some breast in it, like Zapped, or they would try to push the envelope as far as possible with stuff like Porky's. Right. You didn't really have much in the middle of the road. I don't. I don't feel at least at least stuff not stuff that was noticed or remembered. You always just had the stuff where it's either just really schlocky and with some boobs, or just you know you really may not want to watch with your parents like Porky's. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I love Porky's. I, I I say today not only like a great teen sex comedy, <clears throat> but one. Even like the the set piece Porky's two and por- one Porky's and Porky's two, I think had exceptional screenplays. I thought they had a lot of characters. The characters were all individual and well rounded. The storylines, yeah. uh, you know, this part two was a little sillier, but they they had storylines that actually had a moral message involved in them. Even though there's a lot of you know, teen sex stuff, it right. it was and and it was set. Uh, I believe it was set in the fifties, which and I hate the fifties when it comes to films that take place in the fifties. I normally yeah. don't like them, and this is one film about kids that uh, maybe because they didn't sing any doo wop or anything like that. They just actually acted like kids. Uh, but I'm sidetracking. I, I, no, it I, was definitely you're right. It was def- it was definitely the fifties. It was mm-hmm. definitely uh, like that greaser mentality uh, to it, which normally I hate. Uh, but what they didn't, there's just there's something about por- uh, Porky's that just they do it right. It's really good. You know what it is like growing up. Anything you see that has people in the fifties in it uh, uh, was like Grease or West Side Story or um, uh, was it West Side Story fifties probably uh, it, or yeah, but that kind of like overacting, that kind of really uh, like Shia LaBeouf in uh, in The Crystal Skull. <laughs> that yeah. kind of shit. We're like, what the? You know, that, that's what you grew up with. And when you see these people, it's like, wait a minute, they're they're not acting like uh, the Fonz. What's going on? Oh no, they're <laughs> they're real people. 
I, I give the film a lot of credit for that. The only thing that really nails it down in the is a fifties film. Uh, if if you're just if you just start watching it, you're not really paying attention to the the, the setting. The only thing that really sells it as a fifties film are the cars they're driving, and occasionally you see like a poodle skirt. That's it. Yeah. No, they don't throw a lot of yeah. music. Oh, thank thank fucking God! It's a film that takes place in the fifties, and I don't have to listen to the uh, the, the greatest hits, volume one through seventeen, throughout the fucking soundtrack. <laughs> God. Holy shit! It's like whenever, uh, just just for a little mini rant, watching stuff like the big fucking chill, big fucking waste, the Zodiac film. Oh, it's in the seventies. Quick, get out the music catalog. We got to put thirty fucking songs in this film. Can we? What? Can we just make a fucking movie? It, most movies do that. Some of them are more subtle than others because the the thing is, a huge money maker is selling the soundtrack. Too, Obviously, so. yeah, and and the, the companies own these as well. But that's why I hate it so much because it's so prevalent and it's so just commercial and it has nothing right. to do with the film. I mean, occasionally you'll, there's a film where it really does mesh. It's like, oh, thank God they put the music in there. But nine times out of ten, and and you you go into you go into films now expecting that. Oh, it takes place in 1973. Oh, I, I see. There'll be some disco in there, right? But watching Porky's, like, it, it's like you're not listening to Chubby Checkers every 15 fucking minutes. It's just, thank God. <laughs> I, don't even, I, I don't even know if that reference makes sense. I don't care. I'm not into music. Uh, uh, I, I don't know. Zapped is timeless just because... It was, again, Zapped doesn't Did look like... Did you just refer to Zapped as timeless? Timeless in the sense that when you watch it, there's no real set time period. It doesn't feel like an 80s film. It's another film like Street Trash. It doesn't feel like there's. It doesn't have that '80s taste to it. Everybody, all all the all the. I thought it did. I, Personally, I, I thought I thought it did. I thought it had that made-for-TV movie feel. Made-for-TV um, movie, definitely. But when I know, say after, '80s film, though, I mean cult. There's no cult. There's no '80s culture in the film. All the kids are dressed like they're going to prep school. Uh, there's no real hairstyles or music from the '80s. Yeah, bell really bottoms no- didn't cross over. They crossed over for a year or two uh, into the yeah, '80s. There's there's no real cultural um, footprint on this movie. I mean, he's got a ventriloquist doll and a Star Trek, and that was actually a Millennium Falcon model that was made to look like Star Trek. Um, right. But uh, yeah, he's got a, a fucking Star Trek model and uh, a fish tank and a, a ventriloquist dummy in his room. Like not even it's just no. 80s cultural branding whatsoever. No music posters, no movie posters like they usually do. They say, hey, look, this is a child of this time period. None of that. About as close uh, as you got to that was the punk kid uh, reading his poetry in class. That's it. Oh, oh, the, the, yeah, the, the, the stereotypical. I looked him up too. He was uh, like 20 something. Oh. And he, 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 he plays such a stock character. When I saw him, I was like, okay, I've seen him in something else before. And I looked up, no, I haven't seen him anything else before. (laughs) He just fit the mold. Yeah. But that's as close as you got was was that punk look, you know, uh, punk yeah. rocker. You know, the punk the leather look. jacket and, 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 and oh, yeah. yeah. And hey, <laughs> I liked his reveal in the beginning because he, like, when, when, when they're having a, an assembly at the beginning and he comes in and like, blah, 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 and he's got two girls <laughs> in tow and he takes the seat. He's almost like, he's almost like the, uh, the show, the show going to Harlem in, uh, Bachelor Bait. <laughs> That's the name of the newspaper. Bachelor Bait, thank you. <laughs> but when he when his entrance comes in, like it's just such a big entrance, and then they sh- they they prominently display him in the class. The next time you're expecting him to be a foil of Barney's of some kind or to play some important role in the film, he pretty much drops out of it entirely after that. Yeah, 
it, it was like the yeah, it's, it's almost like they had the like like you said, uh, it's like the closest you come to an '80s thing is like they had to put something culturally relevant in there, and after that, it's just uh, yeah, let's go bike riding <laughs> without even, Einstein. Even when Barney and uh, what, what was uh, Felice's name in this uh, Bernadette. Bernadette when Barney Barney and Ber- oh, that's a great couple of names to put together. When Barney and Bernadette like go to a record shop, the camera never doesn't even follow them in. <laughs> that's too close that's, to the culture. Keep the culture inside. That's right. We'll watch through the window. We don't want to see any album covers that might give us a clue as to the time period. <laughs> it's just like it's like the film was like afraid to actually uh, acknowledge when it was being made. It's like a covert <laughs> film. It's weird. Because you know it wasn't intentional. It just happened that way. No, definitely not. It was, and also, uh, I, I would also hazard the guess that perhaps maybe the filmmakers that threw this thing together and got raised the money and everything and it had it made uh, weren't a part of the 80s culture and had no desire to try to fit in and weren't trying to make like Breakfast Club or something. They were just trying to crank out something quickly and didn't bother to do any research and say, hey, you know, ask any of their, their, uh, <laughs> their, their early 20s uh, high school student actors, hey, you know, what would you guys be doing in high school? It just didn't give a fuck, so, which makes a lot of sense to me. And it worked. Oh, this is the part where they're burning the marijuana, and then Scatman oh. Carruthers. Best part. <laughs> he of the over movie. He, he over he overhears them. It's too big. It won't fit. <laughs> and then he goes in there, sees them in the furnace, and still assumes that they are having sex, which mm-hmm. I don't know how that's possible. Hey, he's a dirty old man. Next time, take her to a nice place. <laughs> All right, oh, that was Scat the other Man. thought I had. They, they, I, Scatman Crothers, kid with psychic powers. I'm, I, I'm waiting for the Shining crossover. Oh, <laughs> I'm waiting for the talk to like Barney. Barney, you ever get a voice in your head and you, you can see things? It's like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Damn, how come I'm the do, only one? <laughs> do you like, do you like ice cream, Barney? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I gotta go out to Colorado now. I'll be back in a couple months. <laughs> you could have warned me about the axe. <laughs> Damn. Shining zapped like remake like combination would be awesome. Oh man, Just... yeah. And then uh, like, this is the part like... where he he gets high and pretty much. He's riding a bicycle with uh, Albert Einstein with his wife chasing him, shooting salamis at him. <laughs> Who, the wife, by the way, is oh, yeah. uh, uh, what's-her-face from Sanford and Son. She Lola played uh, Red Fox's uh, sister-in-law. Yep, and I, I, yeah. I will still remember her to this day as uh, the, the, bar the, fly, the cl- barfly clown in uh, Shakes the Clown. I got one uh, of those peanut butter pussies. <laughs> Finish it. No, I can't. It's so gross. Finish it. <laughs> you started it. Finish it. Uh, something about spreading. And, uh. Oh, you, 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 dude, I got one of them. I got a peanut butter pussy. Brown, smooth, and easy to spread. Uh. That's my, my favorite line. My favorite line is the other one. As soon as he gets off that camera, he's going to fuck that little dog. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think you would have to either take The Shining. I think you should take all you have to do is take The Shining and Zapped, and keep Scatman Crothers in both, but swap the characters. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Why not? So you can see that. So you can see the kitchen scene where he's, he's giving ice cream to the kids. Like, 
You know my wife won't let me eat salami. <laughs> There's all this horrible stuff happening at the hotel. Then you cut the Scatman Crothers up at like two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> you go to the phone. I like to order some salami. <laughs> the the pictures on this wall are all Lawanda Page half naked. And then meanwhile, in Zap, and meanwhile in Zap, he's running around actually trying to save things and help people, and it's not working. <laughs> at the end, he accidentally gets killed with an axe during the whole uh, carry sequence. At the end, sure. You know, it's funny that scene that just happened with him being high and his wife shooting salami at him. Each one of those that she shot him, it actually said salami on it. Well, yeah. I mean, well, because maybe if it didn't, it would have just looked like dildos because it has that awesome. certain shape to it and it's a certain color could have been you know, mis misdiagnosed as black dildos. A, 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 a true a true uh, a true animation artist uh, probably pointed that out. You know, we're just going to have to we're just gonna have to label them. We ha we have to write salami on just, these, you know just, that, just, right? Just label it, yeah. There's um, no other way we're gonna. These can look like salami unless it says salami. <laughs> yeah. Now, if you like, and now I, I remember you saying something to me earlier. It was like, yeah, uh, I think you you sent it to me in in, in uh, instant message. Was uh, you know, I, I remember liking this more as a kid. I, I, I remembered loving this when I was a kid. I, really, I do too. Yeah. And it's sad. I feel I'm very sad for myself as a child because because the, the 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 fantastic elements of having superpowers and doing stuff. Is, is very, you know, very cap, uh, captivating. You know, that's why Harry Potter is doing so well. So, you know, they, these kids, like, growing up the past 10 years, they had Harry Potter and all this shit. What did we have? We had Scott Bayo and fucking strings. <laughs> you know, like floating beakers. It, it, right. we, had a, we had a fucked up childhood. These kids, kids, this generation are spoiled, spoiled. the shit. They get, oh, they yeah. Have a whole, they have a whole mythos of, of magic and, and, and mystical stuff. We've got fucking... Mr. Douche Nozzle. And, and even their bad films look amazing. Yeah. On, like, on no money. The shit oh. we had to watch was shit like this, where it's like, it's bad, and it looks bad, too. Oh, by the way, uh, I, I did mention I watched Zapped again. Uh, oh. Remember all the bad, how low the special effects budget was for for Zapped? Yeah. You watch Zapped again, and it's it's like you're wishing for that. It's like, oh wow, you know, it'd be great if they, if something was actually floating, and you know, just, it's uh, even worse. It's it's like ten it's, times worse. It's it's. Is it? Oh man. Yeah. Maybe they maybe they could have uh, afforded more if they'd actually gotten Scott Bayo back, but. No, he was too busy, uh, you know, getting um, getting scripts for baby geniuses. Yeah, and and uh, he got and, and at that time was he and Charles in charge? He was probably high, you know, high on the hog doing Charles in charge. I think that was up through nineteen. Uh, I forget. I'm, uh, I'm looking I, it up I, now. I, yeah, I saw it. Also, Holy as, shit, as, Charles uh, in charge started in 1984. It was like six six years, I think, six seasons. Jesus. Okay. Now I gotta say, as as he's gotten older, he's gotten creepier looking. Yeah, 84 to 1990. Wow. So yeah, he uh, yeah he probably passed on Zapped again because he was doing the final season of uh, Charles in Charge and didn't realize that was going to be it. <laughs> but you're right; he has gotten creepier as he's gotten older. Yeah. Now, in in uh, so, I mean Scott Bale. I mean he pretty much rode his career as long as he could, and uh, after that he still worked in the industry. But you know, as he got older and less cute 
uh, you know, there's not as much to do. So behind the scenes stuff, and he started making a bit of a comeback with the stupid reality shows and stuff over the past ten years. Yeah. Uh, Willie and and he, and he he's became fifty four. Huh? He's fifty four. Fifty four now, right? Yeah. And and he also he also became uh, very right wing. Uh, and so he's oh, really? he's been he's been well he's been controversial in the past few years. Uh, where he's tweeted things that have pissed people off. One, the big thing that got him in trouble, I actually don't agree with. Uh, I, I think it's one of the things where people take things, take the, uh, the reactionary shit a bit too far. So, I I don't agree with him as a conservative and how he acts and reacts to a lot of stuff. Uh, but he tweeted a picture of Michelle Obama. It was like a like they got her like with her mouth open weird and stuff like that. And the tweet was, and he has to wake up to this every morning, and he was immediately labeled racist. <laughs> and now and it's here, distasteful, here's, but it's not racist. It's it's distasteful. It's 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 not funny, but there's not a goddamn thing racist about it. I don't want to get too much into that the whole thing with it because that's more of a strangers in a strange land territory. But mm-hmm. he did. That what made it worse was that he reacted wrong because as a conservative Republican, he didn't really he doesn't really understand what makes you not racist. And so his way of saying I'm not racist is. Uh, my wife has a black friend, and <laughs> I worked on the Wayans Brothers show. How can I be racist? And everybody's like, you have no idea what racist actually is, right? <laughs> you, 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 you really don't understand what qualifies you as being – knowing a black person, you really it's, – it's not like a you – know, you, you don't get a card. What, what do you – and he was it, right. It, it's like he, if he started with it, says, this is going to sound racist, which always means that it is. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's basically the same thing. It was almost as bad. Yeah, his reaction was just trying to. Uh, he 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 tried to explain him not being racist the way racists usually do, and <laughs> what all he had to say was, uh, "I didn't say anything racist in the tweet. I just posted a picture of her and said she was ugly. I had nothing racist about that. Sexist and demeaning, yes, but not racist. All he had to do. Nah, he fucked that up totally. <laughs> uh, Willie Ames, on the other hand, like you said, uh, he 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 rode the gravy train too through Charles in charge and everything. But as you mentioned, he had a huge drug problem. Huge, and now uh, now he's a total Jesus freak. Something I've noticed, um, just growing up in this this world, being alive in this world, uh, almost all junkies become Jesus freaks if they don't OD. Well, once they once they they, they get clean, and they, mm-hmm. they 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 find themselves, they almost always uh, find Jesus too. Which is fine yeah. if that's what's going to keep you clean. Go for it. But they tend to be also the most uh, pushy towards well, their non-Jesus-y friends. Well, they're very excited because they found something that saved them. I, I'm actually not 100% against the religious aspect of that because... No, you know, me neither. If, if that the pushy ones. You, I know you're not. <laughs> uh, uh, now, think with him, it's, it's, it's like if you read his Wikipedia and you read his, his, uh, you know, his biography online... There's no Kirk Cameron, let's put it that way. No, no, not at all. But... There's, it's like there are little things you can fill the holes in on. Like if you go to IMDb and look up his biography, it says that uh, after like so many years in the, in the industry, in the entertainment industry, he retired and took on his new career as a cruise host. I was like, wait, <laughs> so yeah, okay. And then you uh, read Wikipedia, and it doesn't mention anything about his drug problems, but you can find quotes of him saying how like what saved him was that he and his uh, wife at the time had gone to a church and they they didn't blink at the fact that they, they were dressed up like uh, Cooter from Zapped, uh, leather and shit and purple hair and and bombed out of their minds and they accepted them in 
And so it, it's almost like he realized he had to get away from the industry, I'm thinking. Oh, okay. And, and, and well, that might have been what... And, and, yeah, and but also, too, it's like you know, he washed... You know, I also think that caused a lot of money problems, too. You know, you know living beyond your means as a, as a, a popular entity in Hollywood uh, because you don't really see much on it, but there is at one point he started a... Uh, a foundation or something that's to help people with financial hardships because he had gone through them himself, which I would think was a reference to the idea of, okay, I lost all my money. Uh, I, you know, I fucked it up in Hollywood and now I have to go, uh, you know, post a cruise liner for six years or however. Hmm. And then eventually started coming back to the industry. So he's been doing some stuff recently, but I mean, it's like an interesting kind of like hitting rock bottom and rebounding, uh, story. Sure. With him, so I, I find that interesting compared to Scott Bale, who just seemed kind of who kind of like hovered in this little constant. Right. Oh, there, oh. there was um, I, I remember the other thing that was uh that got Scott Bale in trouble with some people was um, uh the the girl from um, what's her name from uh Three's Company, I think it was. Like oh, Suzanne she, Summers. No, the other one. Oh. I have, I'd have to look that up. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> but she hit really hard times. Like she, like she, like her house was foreclosed on, and her and her husband ended up moving in with her mother. And she was like on this, she like had, you know, she really like hit the skid, so to speak. And uh, interviewers had asked Scott Bale about. It. He's like, you know what? I have my own family, my own yeah. life. I really don't, you know. I Joyce I, DeWitt, I, right? As I think that she's the one. And he was like, ah, I, I, you know, I, I, I'm just, I'm busy, and I have a family. I don't really, you know. Uh, I, I hope she's well, but I really don't have any time to worry about other people. And then they asked uh, um, uh, Fonzie. Oh, it could be Priscilla Barnes, either one. She was the original blonde before they replaced her with Suzanne no, Summers. It, it was brunette. It was brunette. Okay, so, so it was Joyce Dewitt then. And then they asked Fonzie, and he was in, and he was like, "Oh, I'm, you know, yeah, we're currently trying to get her a role on Arrested Development. We're really, you know, we're trying to get her back on her feet. It's horrible this happened to her." And everybody's like, "Oh, look, the Fonz is cool, and Chachi's a dick." <laughs> yeah, who saw that coming? Yeah, as a matter of fact, Henry Winkler, from what I understand, he's one of the nicest people on the planet. And, and you know. If he if he didn't do commercials for reverse mortgages, I'd yeah. still like that. Yeah. Just like the, that that's that's a little. It's like, did you research this at all? Do that's you, the only you don't thing, need the money, do you? Because I didn't think you did. That's the only thing I, I can. I, I the only reason I would give him a pass on that is if he honestly didn't understand that he was that he was like selling. Fucking Un unless this is like the nicest, greatest reverse mortgage company ever. <laughs> It's like, do you, do you think he might have done that kind of homework? It's like, yeah, reverse mortgages, they're usually a bunch of motherfucking scumbags. But these guys are really nice. They really look out for you. When they own your when they end up possessing your house, it's like, we'll give you an extra year. <laughs> it's like, wow, they, these guys are great. <laughs> I got to sell for these guys. I, I really want to give him the benefit of the doubt. I really do. I, I would, too. Now, it's also like uh, what's his face? Uh, fuck, uh, he's a Republican. He's an actor. He was in Die Hard too. The guy ran for president. Yeah. Yeah, he does reverse mortgage commercials. Like, okay, he he specifically picked the most evil reverse mortgage company out there. I can feel it. 
<laughs> I can't even. Get, I can't even get. I'm not even going to mention his name because that's definitely a strangers. Strangers in a strange land discussion. Yeah, <laughs> that guy. Um, uh, now, l- l- let me bring us back around since we are, have been talking about Scott Bayo and Willie Ames. Let's bring us back to the Zapped and and for it, for for a short time, I thought that guy was Vigo from Ghostbusters too. When I was young, <laughs> but go ahead, bring us back. I think to Vigo, Vigo would have had a better chance running for uh, president. Vigo. Uh, any any like particularly. Are there any scenes that like you remember as a kid, like loving and then watching now? It was like, eh. uh, yeah, um, the amusement park stuff. Um, I remember liking that a lot more as a kid, uh-huh. and that, and I watched it today, today, and it's just it's cringe inducing. Mm-hmm. I, I remember finding the the floating ventriloquist dummy hilarious and awesome, <clears throat> and watching it now, it's just like, oh, couldn't you have, like made it funny? Yeah. I, I also I also remembered it being <clears throat> creepier, and I watch it today, yeah. and and it's not creepy a, at all. It's just bad. What else? I agree. What else I, did, did I remember liking uh, more as a kid? Um, I don't even know. There's a scene I liked a lot now, like watching it as as an adult. Unfortunately, um, I'm not sure. I, I I can't. I, Scatman Crothers is my favorite because it's Scatman Crothers. He could be in anything. Right. And he's sure. like the, the, a shining light. I mean, just him. You know, even though even though the dialogue they gave him is crap, just just him talking <clears throat> to you know, yeah, that door's got a special key, and only Barney's got it. <laughs> oh, you know it's what else I the noticed? Shining. The shine. Yeah, you know what else I noticed about Bernadette's character in the beginning of the film? She's got the the huge thick glasses, the braces. You know, her hair really isn't that uh, done well. She's not oh. dressed really that good. And then probably about, like, even right now, it's a scene now. No braces, hair done, n- nice outfit. She's not wearing a bra in this scene. Um, so is it's that, just like, wow, what a, what a 180. What, you know, what is, uh, well, he breaks her glasses out of spite with his telekinetic powers early on. So we, that's the first time we see her without them. Um, right. But uh, I, I, I know, you know. It's that typical cliche. And she oh. just she she manages to get her braces off. It's like this is the time of yeah. her braces coming off too. No, maybe it was, maybe it was a retainer. Um, but even so, it, it's that horrible <laughs> cliche of the girl of the attractive girl, but she wears baggy clothing and has glasses on, so everyone thinks she, you know she's not attractive and all this, and then all of a sudden she comes out and it's like, wow, she's really hot. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, that typical cliche. The, that fucking movie with uh, Tony Danza with his daughter. She's got to have it. Is that is that what it is? Was that the name of that film, where his well, no, daughter no, no. was like braces and glasses and frumpy and uh, Joey? It, I, I, just, I just I just described like every other female lead in like eighties teen romantic comedies. That's what I'm saying. It's a very cliche stock character. So yes, it probably wasn't Tony Danza's film, but it's in all of these films. They even made fun of it in ten uh, uh, ten I things just, I hate about you. Uh, no, not so much. What? Not so much what? It wasn't brought up so much in Ten Things I Hate About You. No, they made a, they made a special point about it. That was like part of the plot of the of that. They they, they actually talk about it in the film. He's he's trying to take it. Why don't you date the Hunchback? Oh, you know, well, you need to find somebody oh, that's oh, like yeah, repulsive. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. You know, I got, I got Ledger, you. Right. So I'm saying they you. made a point of making fun of that cliche. So what I was getting at is they pulled the same thing on here in this film, and then halfway through when Scott Bale starts dating her, all of a sudden the next scene. They're running out to a tennis court, and she's got the uh, like a form-fitting 
like painted yeah. on tight little tennis outfits. Like, holy shit! <laughs> it's uh, like the, the, that, that wasn't yeah. even a 180. That was like a 360. I just broke my neck. What the fuck happened? That was, <laughs> come on! Uh, it was. Uh, she's out of control. That's what it was. But th- that's another '80s film that I remember growing up with, and that's yeah, the only all- reason why I brought it up is because it was, you know, I know you brought up other things, but that stuck that. out in my head yeah, yeah. the most. Uh, okay. of the the frumpy girl that looks hot later. Right. No, but I, I just the way you said it, it was like I was referring to one film. I, no, I was I'm, no, I'm no, referring no, no, to no, an no. entire archetype. Or I was referring to one film. <laughs> but you brought it up as if it was like, oh yeah, that's the movie. Well, okay. No, I, I said, I, I, and I, in my defense, I, I said, it's like that Tony Danza movie. And in my defense, I just said, it, you said it as if you were saying. Yes. I'm not disagreeing ah. with you. Yes, you are. <laughs> Maybe a little. <laughs> <laughs> um, not on purpose. If Mary Warrenoff was in this film, I, I would have liked it a lot more. Eh, I don't think yeah. so. I don't think uh, even if she was, her role wouldn't have been big enough to to, she, to it like it. It would have gotten bigger it, it, if Mary Warrenoff was in there. The role would have gotten bigger. I don't know, maybe. Uh, maybe. Yeah. If I know Mary Warrenoff. Nah, I don't know. Um, what was she doing in 1982? Was she hanging out with what's his face? She did. Uh, she was still. Uh, well, you mean the, the bald guy? Yeah. Yeah, she's that was her working partner. They always worked together. Um, I, she, I I wonder if the same time frame she she was playing the principal in Rock and Roll High School. Um, uh, yeah, maybe. Um, I, I forget. It, I, I that was definitely eighty uh, seventies, uh, seventy nine. Again, so that's the other type of that's the kind of films that they were uh, coming off of with this. And again, stuff like that, they were able to get do a lot more of the sexual humor, a lot more blatant, and then that was the kind of stuff they started cracking down on, so things like this. Porky's could get away with it because it was a bigger studio film, bigger budget. So they she, was also do, she was also in uh, Eating Raul the same year, so maybe she just was tied up. Uh, I bet she was. No, you'd like to think that. Yes. <laughs> yes. I don't know if I have anything else to add about Zapped. It's, there's just... Nah. It's, it's one of those '80s comedies that just really. Uh, while... I want to give us credit that we actually reviewed it for this long. <laughs> well, we got it. we went off on a couple tangents. Yeah, but it, they all kind of revolved around Zapped. So yeah, we, we didn't usually our tangents go completely. It's like, hey, you ever you see that other movie? Oh yeah, I saw that other movie, and it has nothing to do with the film we're reviewing. We do that a lot. We didn't do I, that I, this time. I do want to say that another film that popped into my mind while I was watching this, and it's not it's not your challenge this week, okay. uh, was um, Modern Problems with Chevy Chase. Oh, Dabney Coleman. I love that one. Another well, another psychic. I remember story. loving that one. Oh, no. I've watched I, that recently. I watched that like every couple years. I still love that film. Yeah? Okay, good. Yeah. I haven't seen it, it in a really long time. The, you know, the clunky editing from that time period is, is kind of obvious, but there's still great acting and, and great in the scenes I enjoy. Again, I, like I remember loving that as, as a kid, watch, like the special effects, which are low budget, but it's still fun. I watch this now and I still enjoy those scenes. They're still funny. They're still fun. Okay. So it, it is possible to do that. You know, you don't have to be like Zapped. You can actually make a film that does endure. Uh but there are other films like this too. Uh, there was one that I almost—I'm torn. I have like two things I want to challenge you, and I'm not sure which one to do. I may—I may have to throw them both at you and let you choose. Okay. Because I—because 
So I do we just... want to do we want to rate this then move to the challenge? How do you want to oh, do, do it? Oh no, we don't want to rate this. We can. I'm kidding. Yeah, of course we do. Yeah. Um, um it's actually 4.7, which is borderline average. No. No, I I'd say, I'd say four. Maybe uh, even a three mm. on this one. Three um, or four, I think works. I want to. I want to do four. I would be tempted to do three. Um, I'm even though the four. film doesn't have much of a real plot line, it's still it's not it's not. Um, there's still competence in the writing. I mean, it's it it goes from A to P, B to C to D, and there are elements of it that are interesting. So I really don't want to go low as a three. I I I, I don't think I could go as low as a three. Only for the reason that it is from my childhood, and just for that alone. I'm I'm being totally subjective, so I'm not going to use that. But uh, no, just, I just that just on that alone, and me, I used to really enjoy the film, and I watched it today, and not so much. But it's still a part of my childhood. I think four is, is appropriate. I think for, for yeah, for me to give give it a five, I would have had to actually laugh at something now that I laughed at back then. Well, if I had Mary Warren off, it'd be a five. Uh, it would be a, an eight. Um, no. well, yeah. there's no way. Be a different film, dude. Trust me. Uh, so I, I'm I'm ready for four. You ready for four? I'm good for four. All right, four it is, and uh, it's only got four thousand votes. Oh yeah, it's uh, the nobody, biggest. Nobody uh, knows about this. We're we're in the uh, we're in the majority. The biggest rating is four with seventeen percent. Uh, highest demographic is. It's tied. Five, highest demographic is eight, male and female under 18, 5.5. 5. Lowest mm. demographic is uh, a lot of them, but like females age 18 to 29, and, and anybody over the age of 45 hated this film. <laughs> <laughs> They're like 4.3 average. So Yeah, because at that age, when this came out, they were, what, teenagers? Yeah, I could see them hating it. Our, our well, our our demographic is firmly in the uh, four point nine to five range. Okay. So. It's a lot of disappointed, uh, a lot of disappointed thirty so, late thirty yeah. early forty year olds. Oh yeah, so we're actually under the average. So I, I I'm I'm comfortable with that if you are. Okay, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. All right. So now my challenge. All right, I had a couple of things ways to go. I I don't like doing actors. Um, oh, like actor. Uh, I don't, yeah, actor links like, oh, they were in this film or Six Degrees of stuff. I'm not a big fan of that. I like, I like going outside the box. Themes, uh, uh, scenes, like you mentioned, I could have done better off dead because the mother is like almost right. exactly the same. Um, uh, is it Midnight Madness? Is that one of them? Uh, no, that actually had not occurred to me to challenge you that. The one I, I it did occur to me to challenge you, very similar, was the film Scavenger Hunt, which Eddie Deason is in. As well, oh, he's in that one. Oh, that's the one with uh, Vincent Price, right? Wait, no, 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 no. Uh, sorry, um, Eddie Deason is, is in Midnight Madness. Right. the The actor that's in Scavenger Hunt is uh, Willie Ames. Okay. Okay. He's in that. So I, I that was that did come to mind for that because I, I, uh, you know, that's another time period thing. Uh, um. So, I want to go either theme or I do have an actor one, for 
uh, and I'm wondering if you can guess either of them. I'm going to give you the theme one first. I do have a theme in mind that involves suddenly gaining superpowers, very similar to in Zapped. Suddenly gaining superpowers. Okay, is it uh, Hot Fuzz? Hot not Hot Fuzz. fuzz. Uh, not Hot Fuzz. Uh, hot Stuff? Hot Stuff doesn't involve superpowers. Hot, hot stuff is it? Hot stuff is with um is with uh, God, damn it! Uh, hot fuzz is the one where hot stuff is the one where the cops uh, open up a pawn shop. Oh God, you're right. That's Dom DeLuise and yes. Dom DeLuise and and uh, the guy. Why uh, am I Why am I drawing a blank? It's uh, what's his fucking face? You know what? You're you're very close. You're just getting the name mixed mixed up. You know yeah. exactly what we're talking about. Uh, we're talking about the Terrence Hill film from 1980, Super Fuzz. Super Fuzz, also known as Super Trooper, uh, in in its native uh, language. That's right. Now it's 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 not a good film, but yeah, I loved Ernest, it as a kid. And, and Borgnine, yeah. The Borgnine is in it, yes. Um, so it's not uh, it's not Super Fuzz. Uh, it, well, it could be. It's one of the two. I'm really torn between which one. Of the uh, oh, so Super I got Fuzz, so okay. So I did get that. Right. You got okay. that right. You just you just couldn't think of the name. Uh, okay. And one, two things make me want to challenge it to you. One, I love the film, even though it's not good. And two, it's got some <laughs> great representation of Italian Americans. <laughs> Wonderful Italian American uh, uh, representation there. So it really, uh, <laughs> yeah, what I, 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 I want to oh, do that man. to you. All right, and the and the actor connection would be Scott Bayo. Scott Bayo is the actor, and it, it's not any. Well, we already did Baby Geniuses, and oh, we did Baby I'm, Geniuses three, two. They only did two, two of them. Oh, then uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was so bad. I thought it was the third one, <laughs> uh, and he was only in the second one, right? Yeah, which is the one we reviewed. So it's not that one, is it? No, no. no we reviewed and it. and here here here's my problem. I don't know shit about Scott Baio other than fucking you know Happy Days. You know this one. I know this one. Mm-hmm. Happy Days, Joni Loves Chachi, this movie, and uh, fucking Charles in Charge. I can't think of anything else. Dude, you're going to kick yourself when I say this. Am I? Right. We're talking a young Scott Baio. Oh, fucking Bugsy Malone. <laughs> Bugsy Malone. Oh fuck! Yeah, and, that's and that also has I'm, a real terrible representation of Italians. <laughs> <laughs> and what's and uh, but that kid pulls it off. I'll give him I, that. I still have not seen that film since I was like seven or eight years old. I have I have that in Blu-ray. <laughs> I have it too. I still haven't watched it, so that's why I was leaning towards that. And at, honestly, between the two of them, I. Th- it's such a it's such a perfect opportunity for me to challenge you to super fuzz, but I don't know if I want to do that or Bugsy Malone. Man, that's tough. It is um, tough because it it is really tough. Well, here's the thing. I really like Super Fuzz too, um, but I think it's one of the reasons why I have such a high affection for beans. It's as weird as that fucking sounds. <laughs> you have you have azuki beans? <laughs> More beans. More beans. 
You know um, what? I, I think I have to lean towards Bugsy Malone because one, uh, I haven't seen it since I was a child, and so I probably should. And two, it's really such a lost film. Yeah, that's uh, I, I, Alan Alan Parker directed that. Who? Oh, I mean, these Alan Parker. He he did Midnight Express. You know, like a re- like real movies. You know, he did uh, Pink Floyd's The Wall, and then he he has this like l- this little film with kids like out of nowhere. And you're mm-hmm. right; it's kind of like this forgotten, uh, this forgotten film that no one but maybe even people in our age group don't even remember it. Uh, but yeah, you're right; it's kind of like a forgotten movie. And guess who did the music in it? I don't know. My guy, Paul Williams. Oh, Band really? Of the Paradise guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Paul Williams. He was, uh, he was on, uh, he's been on Opie, well, it's Opie and Jim Norton now, but he's been on that show a few times, and he's got a book out uh, about how he was like a junkie, an alcoholic. Oh, yeah, he, of... he pulled he pulled the Willie Ames thing hard, yeah. Yeah. But there's he's a not docu- like a Jesus freak now, but he's just clean. Oh, yeah, there's a documentary called um, uh, I'm Not Dead, mm. I think it's called that. It's about him, and I can't recommend it wholly, unfortunately, because it's one of those fucking documentaries where the the, the person making the documentary makes themselves part of the part of the story. Oh, great! Because the whole thing becomes shit. about this friendship he makes with uh, Paul Williams, and you know, and it, it, you know, after like an hour of this, I mean, you know, I don't give a fuck about you. I want to walk to talk. You know, I. I didn't get this for here about your fucking friendship. I want to hear about fucking Paul Williams. Just interview him and show past clips and talk about his life and and stop talking about this like growing fondness he's got for you now that you've been talking to him for a couple of years. You fucking clown, Christ! <laughs> I want to hear how fucking zooted he was during Phantom of the Paradise. Yeah, I mean it, it's <laughs> it spends so little time on and part of it. It's about what he's doing now, so. But it spends so much more time on what he's doing now than what he did because right. the guys, it, the guys like, oh, but then he wouldn't answer my phone. Did he lock me out of his room? That was weird. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't like uh, as excited about the friendship as I was. It's like you're not charming. You're just fucking annoying. <laughs> Tell you what, until he comes out of his uh, his hotel room, show some clips from older stuff. Like, you know, when he hosted TV shows or something. Just, just shut the fuck up. Yeah, let, let's see some Muppet shit. Go away. Yeah. Thank you. So I yeah. So I, I I couldn't. I can't recommend the documentary because it pissed me off. Even though there's right. some yeah. I, I think you you'd have just as you'd get just as much information about Paul Williams if you just spend an hour googling clips on uh on YouTube. Or okay. searching for clips on YouTube. You could Google it and go to YouTube, but that doesn't make any sense. Uh, but yeah, Paul Williams is in there too. Uh, so I mean that's a don't, double. Don't 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 be surprised if I challenge you to Phantom of the Paradise only for the reason that I probably should watch it again. Because I, I I don't enjoy that film, or I don't remember enjoying it when I the, the last time I saw it, which was pretty much when I was a kid. Now now that's that's I, I know sometimes when we talk when we put movies that we like on, there's nothing that we you know we don't talk as much about them. That's a film I love. That if you if we if you challenge me to that, you will have a hard time shutting me up for the hour or hour and a half that we record. Well, and that's the thing. You love the film, and I love remember it. hating the film as a oh. kid. So it could be a good balance for a review that you just tell me what you loved about it. I'll be like, no, this is exactly what I hated about it. I'll, I'll, we I'll did that. We fun. did that once before. What was the other film we did that with? 
I'll, I'll sing I, it. I'll I, sing a song I hated it. You, you loved do. it. I'll get the yeah? I'll get the music and I'll I'll sing it for you. Yeah. Don't do that. I know I know th- I know three of the songs from that film by heart. Great. Uh, well, we'll we'll see well, what happens. Well, there's a couple now, films like that. I mean, uh, there's a couple films that you lo- you hate it or I love it or vice versa. There's Fifth Element, which uh, you're insane. <clears throat> and then there's Last House on the Left. Well, yeah. Now, obviously, um, uh-huh. uh, just so everyone knows, next week we're not recording a show because it's Christmas Day. Next Thursday. We're not? Wednesday is Christmas Eve. Thursday is Christmas Day. The only other day we could do a show and would be Friday, and that's just not possible. And you're, and not, you're busy? Not for me, anyway. Yeah, I'm busy on yes. Christmas Day? Okay. I'm busy on Christmas Day, and I'm spending it with my goddamn family. That's a, that's <laughs> All right, I'll find something yes. to do. Find Thursday something night. to do. You'll probably be playing Xbox with me, honestly. I I hope so. I'm on um, vacation, dude. I can play tonight. Let's put it that way. I'm wondering if the film you're talking about is when we re- reviewed uh, John Carter. Because no. I know I know because I I actually ended up liking that film and I wasn't expecting to. I didn't. I'd have to listen back to the review, but. In seeing it a couple of more times since we reviewed it, yeah, I don't, I don't, I didn't, I, I don't hate it. I didn't really like it, but I didn't, I don't hate it. I, yeah, I think it's what that was one of those surprise ones for me. But yeah, that's the only one I could think of where we were split on. No, there, 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 there was, there was one film we reviewed specifically because one of us loved it and one of us hated it. Um, it wasn't Fifth Element. No, it wasn't Fifth Element. And. It eludes me. I, th- I think you know what we need to do. We need to do a couple episodes of just like Scott versus Joey and pick a film that we're totally polarized on and just and just go at it head to head. Scott just, versus just, Joey. I like that. Just make make our uh, make our uh, rebuttals like you know li- give our you know have like our list of this is why the film's great and this is why it sucks and just go head to head and and see if, if one of us can convince the other one to you know to at least acknowledge that they have a point. We were that doing something s- similar to that. Um, we were doing something similar to that a, a, a while ago when we were doing our solo episodes, where we yeah. were cha- we were challenging each other. Oh, I know what it is. It's that vampire movie. What? Oh, um, Daybreakers. Daybreakers, piece of shit. <laughs> Didn't we do that again after? Yeah, but I, I I I defended it, saying that it I wasn't did, that bad. You like really hated it. That's all I can think of because I did that as a solo episode and I tore into it after you had reviewed it and liked it. And uh, so then we went back and did it together afterwards. So I'm not, I'm not sure if that's the film you're thinking about. That's the one that comes to my mind because that was a I wanted, I wanted fucking horrendous film. That wasn't it, but... Not as bad as Fifth Element, but that's pretty fucking bad. I'm actually going through uh, our films and maybe that was it. I don't see anything else in here. That's the only one that comes to mind besides John Carter, where we had a, a strong difference of opinion. And John Carter wasn't that strong, but uh, it was just—it was different. But yeah, it uh, wasn't that strong. That one, I, that one, I think I won you over a little bit by the end, because at the beginning he was like, "I hate this movie." Like, oh, really? Because I, I turned out to like it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I think that started off strong, but we kind of like you know, met halfway on that one. I think so. No, yeah, no, I think so. But yeah, maybe it is Daybreakers. I mean, because going through all of our episodes, I saw Daybreakers. I'm like, yeah, we kind of, I kind of liked it. Scott hated it. 
maybe that, that was it. That but was I don't know if the, I don't think that I think I thought we we ahead of time we ahead of time uh, picked the, the film saying you loved it, I hated it, and I don't think Daybreakers was that. I think that was well, kind of well, one of those accidental. Well, you liked, uh, I liked, you no. hated. No, because we had done it as solo episodes, but we were doing solo episodes before. Oh, I know we why we I know why we reviewed it. We reviewed it because when we did the interview, uh, you did an interview for uh, um, uh, Monster Rally. Uh huh. We remember we went to the uh, we went out for uh, it was over in like Upper Saddle River. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, Philip DePardo's thing. Uh-huh. And you sat down and you had a Q&A with them. And then when we were done, um, I sat down with you and we did a Q&A for, for Movie Sucktastic. Right. And one of the guests that was there asked us if we had seen and reviewed Daybreakers yet. Because they, they said that they went in thinking they were going to hate it and they really loved it. And then <laughs> that's what spurred us to of, to review it when, it when it became available. And that, that I, I love... That was one of my favorite ones because I, I remember that's that's the kind of film where if we're gonna review review that or talk about it, I come in with a fucking list. Here are twenty <laughs> reasons why this film pisses me off. Right. <laughs> it's like I just fucking the umbrellas. That's that's all I'm gonna say. Fucking umbrellas. The umbrellas. Fucking umbrellas. <laughs> but yeah, I can't, um, I can't, I can't think Bugsy, of another film. Let's say Bugsy Malone. Bugsy Malone sounds great. That's it. Uh, all right, I'm not going to try because, to figure it out now. Because what could be more entertaining than making a gangster film with children killing each other with, yeah, with pies? The, with pies. Because it's because it's less death is less scary if you're being killed by pies. Right, with a very young Jodie Foster as well. Uh, oh She yes. did. She she uh, was right after Taxi Driver a couple years. But, um, yes, 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 yes. All right, so let's, uh, let's go ahead and end this show. Okay. Uh, so Bugsy Malone next, not next week, the week after, will be in the new year by then. Uh-huh. Um, so, uh, episode 176 of Movie Sucktastic, as always, we thank wow. you for joining us. We're getting up there. That's a lot of episodes. We might want to quit when we hit a, another milestone. <laughs> Before it's too late. I'm joking. <laughs> we'll be doing the. My kids will be in college. Dad, what are you doing? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I can't stop. I can't <laughs> stop. Dad, we want to hang out in the basement, play video. Yeah, I get that, but I'm busy. Dad, you're not done. No, we're 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 hitting our thousandth episode. <laughs> we're gonna get people listening finally. I can feel it. Here's the deal. If we stop recording the podcast, we're still going to end up doing this every week. We just won't record it. That, that's right. So we may as well just fucking record it. Yeah, we not? won't have to deal with YouTube. <laughs> we don't have to deal with that fucking hassle. Maybe, maybe we will. Maybe we'll, we'll still... Uh... Yeah, no one, yeah, no one us. <laughs> anyway. All right. Go to our website at moviesucktastic.com. Download our shows there. You can watch the show live there through live stream. You can also go to iTunes and you can listen to the show there. You can download all of the, the um, you can download the shows there as well. You can leave us a review while you're at it. You can email us. The address is themovieguys at moviesucktastic.com You can leave us voicemail at 908-514-4470 
You can go to our Tumblr page at moviesucktastic.tumblr.com. You can go to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash moviesucktastic. You can download our 100% free and pretty goddamn awesome Android app for your phone or your tablet or anything that runs Android. It's 100% yeah. free. Everything I just talked about is on the app. You can email us way easier right from your phone. You got a question for us instantly? Do it. Voicemail? Just hit a button and it's there. Uh, and of course, you can just do a, an internet search with your favorite web browser. Scott loves Google. And you can Google find us it! just by doing a search for Movie Sucktastic. Uh, the name is so unique, you don't have to put Scott and Joey in the title, just like you need to do for Strangers in a Strange Land, our other, our other very fun podcast. Anyway, so that's that, and that's it. You have any uh, words of wisdom there, Scott? Man, gotta have a salami! <laughs> and on that note, we'll talk to you next week. Salami! <laughs>